Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week I'm part of a great program called the Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete C. Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. All right, a little bit of a different type of show today. Today is a little bit more of a, I would say, a card world news type of show. Um, You've already said too much. This is the worst way to start this episode. Do you know why? Tell me. Do you know what today is? Christmas. So close. You are very close. Let me just say this. May the 4th be with you. May 4th. Yes, it is. May 4th. That is the accurate date. It's Star Wars Day, bro. You, I want you to lose the joyous. No, the, I will not. I want you to lose the childish joy in your voice. We're you gonna would go. Love that. I won't have, let it happen. Very serious today. No. Um, I am hoping. I very rarely am this excited about a guest. Evan Mathis, who came up with the card trimming, is supposed to join us today. I am actually on. Actually, I think we're in agreement. I think we both think he may duck out. I would I, be very happy if he doesn't. I would actually like to hear direct from the source because I've heard fifty thousand uh, content people and influencers talk about him. Nobody has actually spoken to him that I've seen recently. Yep. Um, obviously, he released a video. If you haven't heard, he released... And that's why I say, too, this is going to be much more of a card-centric episode than a sports and cards. Once in a while, we have to do this, and I feel today was appropriate to do that. It's called sports cards nonsense. I think we're okay. Today's just cards, though. Card world news. We're going to rename the episode today. He's only been doing sports card trimming, so yeah, I think we're still good. Yeah, so he released a video on TikTok. Now, now there is a long history with him anyways. Uh, Evan is a former NFL player. Did you do any no, research on him not or any his of this? Okay. Not his NFL stuff at all. I don't. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I good. met him once at, at the National. He did it. Actually, funny enough, uh-huh. I almost sold him that Michael Jordan PSA 9 that turned out to be fake. And he is the guy who was like. <laughs> You're the one selling the fake cards. He was literally like, oh, dude, I can tell this is fake. This holder. And he like went through it and like all this detail about how the holder itself was fake. Which I was like, what in the world? Like the registry match, the measurements. We actually looked at it pretty closely. I was like, it's pretty impressive. We sent it back into PSA and they did send the letter back. It was fake. They destroyed the card. I don't remember ever even hearing about this. When was that? The 2017 National. 2017? Yep. Guy came up to the booth. You bought it there? I traded for it, but I traded about $3,500 worth of stuff. It was doing like like $4,000 at the time. Wow. Um, Yeah. And we ended up sending it into PSA after there was some Mm -hmm. question about it. And I was like, hey, what's, can you just reholder it? And they did. They sent it back. Um, Actually, a rep called me and I was like, well, just, I think, I forget if I had to sign something or I'm sure I did. They just destroyed the card. So it wasn't altered. It was completely fake. Told everything about it, the holder itself. Everything was fake. Okay. Yeah. I think today we do have to talk a lot about trimming, not just with him, but I think on the side too, to establish a baseline of the issue of trimming, because I think there's a lot of people, we put out the post on our Facebook group, which again, if you guys aren't a part of it, I encourage you to join. There are 70,000 members on, in there. I encourage you to Not leave. Not all of them are bad. Um, but I encourage you to walk as quickly it, and as fast as you can. There, The post I put up was to get questions and your overall thoughts about card trimming. And it has surprised me the number of people who... Either one, they have a big issue with car trimming. That's not the surprise. But two, they don't have as much of an issue so long as you talk about it or you at least acknowledge it. Or three, 
They think it should be allowed altogether. It's the, they view it the same as uh, an alteration or a restoration of a piece of artwork or uh, cleaning of a coin for rare coin sellers, things like that. So I am very curious your opinion overall on trimming. Where do you land? I think you are altering a card. It's mm-hmm. 100% wrong. I would never want to own a trimmed card. I should I, let me take that back. Actually, if it's a card that I know is trim because it's an SGC altered holder, and I know why. Yes. I can then make an educated decision: Do I want to buy it or not? Okay. Trimming is a plague. Just to be very clear, has no place in the hobby. I wish it would be done away with totally. Unless personal use or no? You don't. No, even... I'm, I'm not trimming card. I don't. But you just said you would buy one, though, right? The only time I would consider buying one is if I knew and it was slabbed. But in a perfect world, they just wouldn't exist. Period. I'm okay, okay, though, if I know what the card is. Like, if I want to go out and buy a 52 Mantle mm-hmm. and I can't afford a, uh, an SGC 1, but mm-hmm. there's an SGC altered and it's trimmed and I know and it's a, a fraction of the price, okay, at least the audience is, uh, the uh, not the audience, at least the, the public is able to make a decision. But the amount of people trying to justify it is weird to me. Like I, I do find it interesting that you have an issue with people doing it to, for their own personal use. Because, I mean, granted, I think it is, you're right in a very fine line well, if you say on, for personal use. Not, I'm not saying for personal use. Well, that's why I asked. But, but didn't, yeah, you didn't, what I said is different. I would buy a card potentially that I knew to be trimmed sure. in a holder, not for personal use. I would buy it. Like, I'm the people trimming that card are not doing it for personal use. They're doing it to sub to make money. But that's the point that a lot of people have made is that they are okay with the trimming if they're using it for that. Because, after all... I know that where there's so much of this is about money in, in a lot of different instances, but at the end of the day, it started out as a hobby and hopefully for a lot of people, it still is. And they enjoy looking at nice looking cards. So they may trim their own and some people want it to look as good as possible. So they've made the argument of, I've oh, well, I'm okay with who's ever trimmed their own card. I mean, I, I, I know you haven't read through a lot of the comments, I'm, but I'm, no, there I, are a lot of comments that have said on both on his original video on TikTok and Instagram, but also on, our own posts where people are okay with the trimming so long as one, it's acknowledged and two, if it's for their own personal use. So that's where I think the question comes in of, well, is where does the trimming line fall from? Okay. To totally abhorrent. I mean, if you are trimming a card and it's a, first of all, I just think it's an issue period unless, and this never happens. That's why I don't think it's real. I'm trimming this because I'm going to keep the card forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think that's a myth. No okay. one keeps cards forever. Everybody sells at some point. I think it's an issue, period. It should never happen. I do I, think that's hard. I agree. It's hard. Like, like, and even like in Evan's, Evan's case, by the way, it's it's apparent he was doing this for money. Like he's selling cards. Mm-hmm. The other thing too, and again, he has, he's not going to be able to hear this until we release the show. Like there's accusations, and I think it's actually a pretty, pretty firm trail of evidence that he trimmed the PSA 9 that got sold to Rob Go. Oh, we don't know anything about that. I mean, there... There has been one statement from uh, Jason Kuntz that indicated that was how that card got a nine. But other than that, there's nothing else that I've been able to find. But we know that that card is the same card Jason re- referenced. Jason owns ISA. Mm-hmm. Jason and Evan, by the way, were buddies and taking pictures on social media. I have an issue with that. Yeah. There are accusations being made about a, an asset that's worth $5 million. Or more. Like if I'm Rob, I'm going to PSA. I'm getting that card. And PSA, by the way, has a buyback. So if, if you take that back to PSA and there's an issue, they will give you the money for the card. That's part of their program. Mm-hmm. If it did turn out to be uh, trimmed in any way, though, mm-hmm. like if I'm Rob, I'm going after everybody who was involved with that card. Did you know that the first... Uh, are you are you familiar with Mastro or Maestro yeah. auctions? Yep. So Gary, the, right? 
Um, William Ma- Maestro. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Yep. So he was the owner of this auction house, memorabilia auction house, that he owned the card. The uh, Wagner. The, the Wagner, the mm-hmm. T206 Wagner. That was the first PSA card to ever be graded. Trimmed. And it is a trimmed card. Yep. And there's a whole documentary. Gretzky owned that card at one point, I believe. Yeah. I think that's the same one. There was actually like a 30. He was sentenced to 20 months in prison for granted. It was shill bidding, but Mm -hmm. also that played a part in that uh, in his uh, plea deal was he had to fess up to other things that he's done. And that was one of them is that he openly he knew about this. He trimmed the card and then it was openly sold on the market multiple times without him ever acknowledging that. So part of his plea agreement, he had to acknowledge that. And then I think maybe make a little restitution possibly. But at the end of the day, there is precedence of this being, there being legal action for things like this happening because ultimately it's fraud. Like you you are fraudulently selling something for in some cases, millions of dollars that people are now going to be possibly out. But it raises the question if PSA didn't know, I mean, we're assuming they didn't know. We assume. And again, by the way, we're talking 25 years ago. That whole, I'm sure things have changed. I'm I'm sure they've all, yeah, new companies, their processes, all that kind of thing. But it does raise the question of when you watch any content that Evan has put out, it makes it look like it would be very hard to distinguish a cut card from a non cut card. I'm going to ask him when he's on again, if he comes, and he's local, by the way, in Nashville. I actually want to meet up with him Mm -hmm. and I would like to. I, w- I want to buy a card that he's trimmed, like a cheap card. I don't care. Yeah. And I want to sub it. Just to see mm-hmm. what happens. I'd I think be very be, interested I, to see cause, that. Because another question I have too, Evan Mathis, PSA came right out, and I think SGC did as well. He doesn't have accounts, and he's been banned from submitting. Mm-hmm. But there's bulk subbers. Like, you can very easily sub cards to other people. Like, is that something, is that how he's doing it? You can tell he's smart enough to not come right out. Like, in, in his videos, he has been very clear about, like, you know, if I was going to do something like... Mm-hmm. it's like you can see he's like, I don't know if he's talked to a lawyer about this, but he is, he's going far enough so you know when you look at him to go, yeah, he, it's like it's not admitting to anything outright. Yeah. And I don't know that you could you could pursue legal charges on what he is saying, but anybody with a brain is like, oh, that's exactly what, and even the stupid website of his, there's a rule. The other question I have too. Well, he's openly saying, this go a, get my materials, go get all right. the materials on my website. Yeah. That's the other question I had. And we were just discussing this off air. Is this entire thing a troll for this site? Because there's <laughs> he is literally kind of known for that. An engineer ruler. <laughs> yeah. The difference I would say though is even if you are a troll, like there's some things that are cool to troll about. I think yeah. you're legitimately a scumbag. I hope he comes on though. I hope he talks specifically about some of these relationships. And then I want to know about certain things. Like he kind of poked and prodded at Nat Turner on Twitter about, hey, that PSA 9. So then just come out and answer the question. All of this comes down to the question of the effects on the hobby. Because if you listen to him and you listen to the other people supporting the idea of trimming. It's like every, it's this everywhere. Is everywhere. You couldn't, you don't know what you've got. Because sure. every PSA 10, some people are saying, I would rather have a PSA 2 of a card because at least then I know it wasn't trimmed. Yeah, I get the notion. I don't think it's nearly as wise. Again, I do think whenever we see these type of like tough guys come up, or not even tough guys, but like this trolling type, like, hey, this is what I'm doing. They know it's wrong. The reaction is going to be negative. There's almost always this like need to self-inflate like everything. I, I don't know how many cards legitimately he has trimmed that have made it on the market. And that's the thing. I, 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 I how no do clue. you ever know? Yeah, I mean, it is an interesting question. Unless he kept a list and he openly admitted it, I don't think anyone would ever know, especially if at this point... 
<laughs> unless there is a way that a grading company or some individual can openly say, hey, I figured out a way to say for sure if a card was trimmed or not. I think I think what this does is maybe hopefully make some adjustments to the card producers. So Fanatics, Panini, anybody else who decides to make one in the future. Some sort of a fail safe. Some kind of like, hey, we have the ability now to take a quick picture with, you know, 100, 200 megapixels so you can get really close up and see the measurement of every card so you know every single card. And this goes back to my theory of like putting a serial number on every single card to individualize it. So sure. if you did that, you could say, was Here's that card ever measurements. Yeah. This also leads to a larger point of uh, that I did want to make. And, and again, I've told Jesse, I'm not even upset about this, but I do think it needs to be addressed. Um, I struggle with this because in the world we live in, there's content. Everybody makes content. Everybody does all this stuff. And, and there's a lot of guys who just have no audience. And, and quite frankly, they say ridiculous things. It's not worth addressing because I, I just don't. We're not going to punch down at people. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to this, for example, like him, again, Jason, I use loosely because I don't know the exact involvement there. I asked Jason to come on the show. He, he didn't really answer that question. He's actually pretty good at just not answering questions ever. I've listened to some <laughs> of his interviews as a Jew. There's almost never just a direct answer, which is fine. Whatever. No problem. But um, it does make me feel like, though, if you feel like companies are shady and doing illegal and, and fraudulent things, do not do business with them. Mm -hmm. Like with this guy, uh, we've heard about it. And again, and I, and I am not doing this for clicks. We're not going to put this in the title of the episode, by the way, because I don't want this to become the theme of the show. I, was, I actually wasn't going to say anything anyways off air because I was like, I don't really want the hassle. I appreciate a lot of what Sports Card Radio does. I, I actually do. I know they're not your style and they go after people. I'm not about that. I don't, I don't need them going after people ridiculously. But I do think they have become, to a degree, the watchdog of the hobby. And that's mm -hmm. an overuse and a stupid term, but it's true. Card porn used to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, card porn would kind of get out of line with stuff too. This most recent video they made though, I really am starting to struggle with these guys. I like that they go at people at times mm -hmm. when it's justified. But I'm also starting to get sick of, because it's not just them. There's now become like this culture of like, hey, let's just make sure if we have like a cool clickworthy title, again, I'm not saying them, but people imitating them now. If, as long as you're attacking somebody, people will listen to your stuff. These guys have set this precedent and I'm getting a little irritated. And, and, on, and I will make the same extension to, to Ryan and his brother as I would to anybody else. If they want to come on, and, I, and by the way, let me preface this too, because I know when I've taken criticism of them in the past, it's, well, he's just trying to get our audience. I have no interest in coming on your show unless you were like, hey, we just need you, which I don't think you feel that way. I'm not saying this because I want to come on your show and talk to your audience. And I would actually extend our microphone to you if you want to respond. But the biggest mouth in the industry right now about calling out this type of stuff, because I think they are to their credit, mm -hmm. you got to be tougher then. I know they're known as like these tough guys who call everything out. And I think, that, and I'm actually saying that in a complimentary way, mm -hmm. but like even with this, in the last couple of weeks, like they report about golden and fraud and scamming activity all over the place. And then they share all the stuff they do on the golden platform. So they're scumbags, but you, but you, you use their platform, you make money and you're by, you know, mm -hmm. by connection, providing them with cash. Mm -hmm. You're supporting this good. And they always use the term too, good old boys network. I think a lot of that's largely being played up, but you can't call it out and then support it and still wonder like, but you guys are still using them. So are you. PWCC, by the way, you've gone after 50,000 times. You also publicly use PWCC. Mm -hmm. You are smart enough to know this. I know these guys are, that if you use a platform and talk about it, people are going to imitate you and use that platform and support the very platform you're trying to take down because of alleged fraudulent activity. 
Same with this, like even SGC, a big sponsor of the show. We're friends with Dave. We're friends with Peter. Peter's been on that show. I, th I think he's spoken to SCR before, and they have publicly praised him and played that interview for him. Mm -hmm. And then they make an allegation about trimming there or some type of scamming activity in the past there. But you use the service. Well, and they, to be fair, they made a, I think there's very few they didn't make an allegation towards. And mm -hmm. to be fair too, there's probably very few who haven't, at whether knowingly or unknowingly, been involved in grading a trimming card or selling a trimming card or whatever the case may be. For them, my issue, and it's actually, I've actually come to a, a point where I don't dislike them like I used to because there was so much vitriol and like just hate being spewed for, for people that they would then go off, like you discussed, talk and promote. But at this point, they, they're becoming more of a watchdog. I don't have as much of an issue if you say something bad about somebody who you, like, I assume Golden is paying them to promote their site. I assume. I don't, I don't think he is. I assume that maybe even PWCC may be paying them to promote. I could be wrong on both of those, but my thought process. I would process, be shocked, but maybe. My, my thought process would be that, okay, you're saying something about the this company because you feel like you have a, a maybe a, a newsworthy or you have an obligation for someone who reports the news to say something when you know it. But you, it doesn't mean that makes it okay just because the sponsor's okay with you saying something bad about them and still getting paid to talk about them. I completely agree with that statement. Yeah, I just, I get sick of it because the other thing that's happened, and again, I, they're not totally to blame for this, um, but now it's become an issue if you have a, if you're, if you're making money doing content like we are, we make a lot of money in the space. Mm -hmm. I think we probably make, based on content alone and sponsorships and our deals, I would say on content, we make more than anybody in the card world. I don't think it's that close. I know the other big names. I know some of them make good money. Sports card investor? Not on content. I think his platform makes a lot of money. Oh. Content, I don't, I, I don't think it's even close. Okay. But when there's an, and we take on sponsors because we work with people, mm -hmm. we trust those brands because we have relationships with them. Mm -hmm. If it came out tomorrow that company X that sponsors us was scamming and defrauding people, we would mm -hmm. stop paying, taking their checks. Mm -hmm. We would call them out publicly, make it very newsworthy and make it promote and promote it everywhere that this is an issue. And then we wouldn't do business with them. Yeah. You can't do both though. I, I am getting a little sick of the doing of both. And then even just the backing down on things. Again, and this is the last statement. I'm not going to keep going on this SCR rant which isn't even a rant because I'm very calm and mild today. Like Brian Gray, they take shots at, and I think legitimately there's been some history, some serious issues with Leaf in the past, including the Beckett black label scandal that happened, including employees buying cards that then show up on eBay. And then he comes on the live YouTube and it's awesome and everybody's buddy-buddy and hanging out. <laughs> like somebody punches my wife in the face. I don't then have him on the pod. Like, hey, dude, you're a great guy though. Like that was an awesome left hook. <laughs> like I do, I just get sick of like in this hobby, it's all about everybody should be accountable. And like, let's just be serious. That doesn't happen. Even no. this Evan thing. How many people have reached out to him without trying to sensationalize anything? Just gather facts. I said it before and I, and I stand by this. Being first is just so much more important. Being first and being catchy is so much more important than being truthful in any of this hobby now. I agree with that. And that's just where it is. And so, it does. It irritates me to a degree. Again, that wasn't to single them out, but they also are one of the only other microphones I view as huge in this platform that I would even talk about. I'm not just going to shine attention on little guys who say stupid stuff for attention, but I do feel like that at least needs to be addressed. And sure. again, I will end it with this. You are more than happy. I'm more than happy to have you on at any point to come on, defend your stance, respond, take shots at us. No problem. I would always make that. I'm not going to take a shot and not let you come on, but it's not with the intent of me coming on your show. I'm not trying to get your ratings or your audience. I just think it has to be said. What That's is, it. Yeah. What, 
I, it is funny because I actually, uh, the, as I move closer to liking them, you move away from liking them. It's very interesting. Before you end that, uh, that topic, though, I think you started off with like, you know, being true to uh, knowing who's, who's doing what in the hobby. A lot of people have questioned, okay, well, I want to know if I'm buying one of these cards. And I would like to know Evan Mathis, like who, who he's selling under, what he's selling under. Absolutely. If you go, um, so, and he made a comment about this, about blowout forums blocking him, but blowout forums does have a section um, that's just, it's list of eBay accounts of known card trimmers and their agents. Um, there are a few names, some noticeable names on this list, uh, including Evan. So, uh, I am going to be posting that up later, but it looks like Evan is here. Hi, guys. Evan, hey, hey up, man? man. How are you? Great. How are you? Uh, doing very well, man. Very well. Thank you so much for joining. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Why, why couldn't I come to the studio? That, was, that sounded exciting. Uh, we will definitely try and do it next time. Due to some scheduling things, we have to get in and out of here today. So uh, we did want to at least still do this, and we appreciate you jumping on. I, I do want to start off just by asking a little bit. So obviously you're a retired football player. What got you into the card hobby just to begin with? Um, just buying a pack of Garbage Pail Kids in 1987 at the grocery store. Oh, really? So you started with Garbage Pail Kids as your first cards, not even sports cards, huh? Yeah. Well, very quickly after that, 88 Tops Baseball was my first sports cards. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Very cool. Um, uh, obviously, the the conversation has to eventually get to trimming, but... I would like to know your overall thoughts about trimming cards. What do you think, what's controversial about it? What do you think is not controversial? Um, I think that it takes a uh, history of the hobby to really understand the trimming thing. You know, as most of us know, ever since PSA started grading cards, cert number 00000001, the, the Wagner was a trimmed card. And if Anyone that knows how to look at cards looks at a lot of the early grade, early early graded from the early years of PSA. If they're high grade cards, you can see pretty clearly that there's a lot of trimmed ones and holders. Um, and I think trimmers over the years have gotten much better at making trimmed cards look exactly like um, natural cards. But the way I look at it, the way I look at it. The way I looked at it when I first found it, because I came to the hobby pretty big in 2012 when I got my first big NFL contract with the Eagles. I got back into it buying high-grade Hall of Fame rookie cards. Dimitri Young's uh, SCP auction was happening, and I was bidding on, you know, I was willing to spend all my money on cards. I was bidding, I was the underbidder on the Hank Aaron PSA 10. I was bidding on the Clemente. I ended up winning the Frank Thomas No Name on Front 10, Nazi Smith 10, and a few other things. Um, but I was coming in uh, heavy, and the dealers in the industry, um, the the successful dealers, the higher end dealers, caught wind of that. And then soon, I was being offered all kinds of you know really crazy cards, ones that you wouldn't see in public. They're just hiding in collections. Um, and I started rubbing my you know rubbing elbows with these guys, seeing what they were doing. No one was really ever willing to give any kind of information in this industry as to like the ins and outs of how to succeed other than buy this card, buy that card. This one's going to do well. This is a good investment, that kind of thing. But just using context clues, I was, you know, just, I just kept snooping, kept looking and, you know, started figuring out how things really did work. 
especially when I saw that, that, you know, how successful a lot of these guys were. This is not just, I mean, it's not just people finding collections, getting cards graded and boom, they're successful. It's being able to find these collections or individual cards and knowing that there is room for improvement and that room for improvement might be trimming. It might be removing a stain. It might be uh, pressing out a crease. When you say how things really do work, would you're saying you have experienced and you know of many in the high-end card market who are familiar do this and are openly uh, selling them like that? I would say that I can't say for a fact because I've literally never seen a single person trim a card. But context clues tell me that ever since PSA was born, even the people that founded the company, even the graders and even the people running the company since the 90s, which has changed hands a few times. But the foundation of this whole thing and the way the industry has always worked is that there are there have been people maximizing their cards before grading them and that's something i i I, you know and as someone who loved cards always has loved cards it's something that you really have to say you really have to accept it or not give it energy because if you're just sitting here throwing a tantrum uh which i get a lot of tantrums on these posts that i make a lot of negative a a lot of negative energy and people who can't just disagree harmoniously with with something that I'm posting and I'll also many assumptions, but I don't, we don't need to go into the emotional IQ of some of the commenters, but to that point though, we, on some of those comments there, I think some people have been reasonable though. And they've made some comments like, okay, this, they don't have as much of an issue with trimming of cards, which obviously it seems that it's fair to say you probably don't either. However, the issue comes in when they are trimmed and it is not disclosed. What do you it's, feel never, about that? it's never disclosed. It's never disclosed. No one has ever disclosed it. Bill Master didn't disclose it when he graded the Wagner. Uh, the, and the real it, the real problem with that is there's no flow for disclosure here. And the and PSA says they can detect trimming. PSA can't detect trimming when it's done the right way. They can't. They never have been able to. They can use they they try to use contest clues. Now, if Evan Mathis submits a hundred card order, they'll say, "Oh, look, it's Evan." A lot of these might be trimmed, and you get you know, and I we can we can run you can run. I have plenty of PSA orders that that prove this. That you know, not a single card on this order was touched. Yet every single one was marked trim. And you know, I'm sure there's plenty of other people that have experienced this, where you get cards fresh out of a pack and PSA marks it trim. Um, and then for people I know that get banned from PSA and start using pseudonyms or going through group subs or whatever, and all of a sudden their cards aren't trimmed anymore. Now they're getting them holders. So the real problem is PSA acting like they can detect trimming instead of you know, being up uh, transparent about it. It's a house of cards they've built since the early nineties and, um, are, I mean, I, I are mostly complicit in the end. So let me ask Evan, I'm Mike, by the way, Jesse's the big guy. I'm the, I'm the short one over here. Um, I, short I, I am, big guy. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. He is the big guy. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that to him. Um, so I am question, curious, like why now? I mean, this is something you've obviously known about for decades. What's the premise of coming out now with this? So I think the real reason was like, if the only thing you can say bad about me is that I trim cards, then then I'm going to be transparent about it. I'm a transparent person. I have nothing to hide. But just you know, people making conclusions and assumptions and and sending negative energy my way. I'm just I'm just going to turn around and send it right back. I don't know. Not 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 in a, not not. I'm going to transmute it and send it right back. I'm not going to send negative energy back there. But 
giving them the opportunity to work out whatever it is, whatever feelings they have about trimming. I'm going to make it no. There's no, there's not a, you cannot find a single video on the internet of someone trimming a card, you know, a how to tutorial. You know, this is, this is, this is, and I figured, you know, at PSA also, another reason is P, uh, when Nat first t- took over at PSA, I asked if he would lift my band there, you know, and, and you know, said, I'll, I'll, I'll submit clean cards. You know, there's no, uh, you know, cause it's not like I, we, the trimming that I've done in the past, it's not a lot of cards. There's not a ton of cards and others personally, not a lot. And I had a lot of people submitting on my accounts when I was running this as a business, you know, years ago. And the, the, the flow was kind of a broken system, just like PSA is a broken system where, you know, I was rewarding people for the increase in value on the cards that, that we submitted. And that basically it lived just as a, you know, a spreadsheet, like, okay, this guy submitted, this guy purchased this card for X dollars. We sold it for that dollars, you know, and, and they were making decisions there that uh, should we sell it? Should we not? Should we crack it out? And we were just trying to do this at scale and go fast. It wasn't like getting in the weeds of, of a lot of data tracking. It was just like turn and burn, let's go. And that's a system that basically, you know, it kind of bit me in the ass with the stuff that was bought on eBay and people finding before and after pictures and things like that. Um, So that quickly fell, that quickly fell apart with the blowout thread. To the point you made just, uh, and I I apologize to jump in there. I just didn't want to get too far from it, but you made a point that um, if the worst thing is like maybe people viewing you, uh, as bad for trimming cards. Um, I think some would argue that the worst part would be more that the money that they purchased a card for was a lot more than they can now get for a card because they would find out that that card was later trimmed. Because even, even as you mentioned, my Maestro, um, you know, he was sentenced to 20 months in prison. Part of his plea agreement was talking about and confessing about the trimming of that Honus Wagner and obviously that would affect values on cards. So some would say that Debatable. that could cause a Debatable. F- some would say, yeah, some would, you know, have this fear of loss. Um, but the, like money loss. Yeah. The fear of loss is a path to the dark side. I think attachment leads to jealousy and the shadow of greed. That is train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. That's a Yoda quote, by the way, it's made it forth. Um, appropriate. <laughs> the, um, so th- th- that's one thing is like, Go ahead and assume everything in a PSA holder is trimmed. Does it all lose value? Okay, because if you want the, the house of cards, like I said, the house of cards that PSA has built, if we slowly come out and every dealer ever that, that submitted these cards over ever since the '90s was like, yeah, by the way, that one was trimmed. Uh, um, if that dealer sold, let's say, let's say a dealer sold uh, trimmed a '52 Mantle 10 or a '52 Mantle 9 or something back in the day, and they sold it for whatever. It's just uh, hypothetically, they sold it for thirty grand. Okay. Then somebody else bought it for millions of dollars today. Uh, and then that dealer comes out and says, Hey, I tripped that card. You know, who's on the hook here? Who's on the hook for this loss in value? And who's on the hook for it? What if the card came from a sheet? Do you still, do do you care that it came from a sheet yesterday or do you, or that it was cut from a sheet in 1952? So it sounds like your overall vote would be that the hobby changes its mentality of if it is, if, if to your words, everything is trimmed, then we just accept that it's okay that a card is trimmed and therefore values would never change. But the problem may come where the hobby doesn't change their mentality and then they do experience that loss. I mean, is there not a fear of some kind of retribution for that? I mean, what, who, what cards have I trimmed? 
but distribution well, for what? I, don't I, know. I, I would have to come out and say, hey, I literally trimmed these cards. You know, a single, you, the only card you've ever seen me trim is a 1965 Topps Gary Bell. Sure. Yeah. You know, if, no, if, I, I came honestly, out, yeah. If, I, if I came out and told you the, you know, there's, there's, I mean, I, like I said, I haven't trimmed tons and tons of cards or made tons and tons of money. I made more money knowing what to buy and knowing what to hold. I didn't know that this, this trimming thing wasn't like, you know, there's some, there's people in the thread talking about, you know, he owned a 52 man 09 and a 1990 top Frank Thomas. You, pay attention to when those were graded. Like just look at the cert number and you know, when it was graded, cert numbers have been sequential since the, since PSA was born outside of shows and events where they started the cert number with five. And now we're getting close to the fives again, if we're not already in them and to fill in some of those gaps or even past them, but th- that's what it is. They're sequential. So so you're saying uh, this was long before like you were in the grading or a card game or I mean, well, I mean, if you just look at like the 52 Mantle nine that I owned, which I bought, I didn't, it, it could be trimmed. It may not be trimmed. I don't know. I didn't do it. I, I bought mm-hmm. it graded, but I was a child when that card was, was, uh, I didn't know how to trim cards when that card was okay. graded. <laughs> I'm just saying that. So, so um, and I, I haven't, I, I, there's no heavy hitters. I've never done. I, I, there's not, there's no heavy hitters I've ever done. There's nothing. I haven't made a ton of money. So let me, let me ask you this too, Evan, because I am curious, because obviously now it, it becomes, uh, again, if you feel like it's not an issue, that that's how you feel. I understand. I totally disagree, but but I, I can disagree and not lose my mind. I'll do that later. I am curious though, like who, who else is involved? Like the question from in my head was though, I've seen you, you know, like I've seen, we talked about Jason Koontz earlier. He owns a grading company. I know you guys were, I'm not going to call you friends. I don't know your relationship, but you guys were doing stuff on social together. My initial reaction when I saw your video was, dude, he's friends with a guy who owns a grading company. I'd never buy an ISA card. Like, I'm, is there, like, is, is Jason? Never, well, I mean, I'm friends with Jason, yes. I've literally never submitted a card to ISA. Huh. I, I, okay. think Jason, I think Jason has one of the best eyes in the hobby. And if you go look at any card that's in an ISA holder, if you know how to look at cards, like people, that's one thing that people need to figure out how to do is to look at what you're buying instead of trusting that, that piece of paper in the holder. I remember when, when Nat Turner first started posting high grade mantles on Instagram. It's like almost embarrassing that you're bragging about these because they're, they're, they look awful. Don't look at the flip, look at the card. And it's like, what is this? Well, you, you, you like this? And I told, I told, <laughs> and speaking of disclosure, uh, Nat had a 55 tops Killebrew. And I was like, Hey man, that card looks trimmed. He's like, how can you tell? I'm like, just look at it. Look how small it looks in the holder. I can tell it's undersized on every, all four sides. What's, what's Nat supposed to do there? Is he supposed to go, find the person that graded it years ago? Is he supposed to disclose that it's trimmed when he sells it? What, what would you do? What's supposed to happen here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I think you should do. Yeah. I mean, like I had a matter of fact, you, I, I don't know if you remember this. I met you at the Chicago national five or six years ago. You came up to the booth to buy a Jordan PSA nine I had, and you were the one who told me and you were right about it. Hey, this is a fake card and a fake holder, or at least a fake holder. I don't know if you could tell the card was fake, but you said there's something off. Uh, you came up. So I sent it to PSA. I got the call. I was telling Jesse, I got the call and it was, hey, we can either drill all four corners, literally drill it and send it back to you, or we can just destroy it. I said, well, just destroy the card. Hold on. This is not, this is not a, this is not a good example. This is a, this is a fake card. No, no. The example though, is I knew there was something wrong with the card. I could have easily sold it because I I had 20 guys at that show. Look who would have easily bought it. You had a, but to your credit, I think you had a better eye than most myself included. That holder seemed fine to me and I'm pretty, pretty experienced with PSA. And answer your question though. So what should I do if I find out something's trimmed, altered, whatever? Yeah, I'm not saying you destroy it, but I do think it needs to be disclosed. Absolutely. But Even but to your point. Hold on, but but, it's, but but if it's like if you find it like for this example, the 55 tops kilogram, I'm just saying that hey, Nat, that looks trimmed, the edges are way too clean and it's small on all four sides. 
Should we be regrading all the cards that were graded by PSA in the nineties? Maybe a new grading company should come out and do that. But it, 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 then who's on the hook for loss of value there? Cause what happened now just sold the card now just auctioned it off and it was gone. But in the, what I'm saying is that's why I think, look at what you're buying, know what you're buying. If you get like, there are, there are fake holders out there. They're the, the guy who makes those. I was working with the FBI very hard back in 2013, 2014 to try to catch this guy. He was, he's very good, very elusive. And he's very good at making fake cards. Very good at making fake PSA holders. So that's a good question, though. If if you ultimately feel that uh, an alteration without disclosure was not uh, that big of an issue or an issue at all, do you feel like someone could just go and make a completely fake card so long as it looks and no I one think, could tell no, the I, difference? I would, never, I would never promote a fake autograph, a fake patch, a fake card, anything fraudulent. If I'm, if, if you, okay, here's one for you. Um, anyone that collects 1986 or basketball stickers, if, if removing from something from a card is an alteration, do I need to disclose that? Hey, PSA, I removed the wax stain from literally every single sticker that I graded here, which literally every single sticker has a wax stain on it from 1986 or basketball. Do I need to disclose that I removed something? Okay. This one had a gum stain. Do I need to disclose that I removed that? It's very easy. I can do a video on that too. Yeah, my answer, my answer to that, by the way, would be no. I have no issue with that. Same way I have no issue if there's a, a very minor surface scuff on a card and I can microfiber it off without you're, altering yeah, the card. You're walking this little, little fine gray Absol line. A card, Absolutely. A trading card comes on a sheet. There's 132 cards on this sheet. Some dude smoking a cigarette in a factory hitting the guillotine with stacks of sheets back in the day is cutting the sheets. Okay, he's gonna. there's going to be some room for error. Some of these cards are going to be shifted, cut too far down, and some of them are going to be cut too big where it has the next card on the sheet on it. So if the way I look at it is this part has part of that card on the sheet, let's get that off of there. And you just, and, and, and it's like, okay, and I had, did you see the, the, the TikTok that I posted after that one of all the sheets that I have? Sure. Yeah. I mean, like if, if I, if I'm, if I cut all these sheets down and send them in to the to PSA, does it need to be disclosed that they came from a sheet, which no one's going to do. No one's going to, no one's going to do that. And everyone has been, you know, sending cards to, the grading companies from sheets for years, for years. Like the 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 people that are the, and that's another thing that is very important to understand is the people that know how to bring cards to market in this industry and know how to maximize the value. They are the foundation, the literal foundation of the ecosystem. So who who are we talking about, Evan? When you say that, I, I'm curious. Like specifically, who are you who are you referring to? People who sell get cards graded for a living and sell them. But no specific. Just, uh, just in general, since the early '90s. Ever since the early '90s, people who have and there's most of them fly under the radar. Most of them do not want you to know what they're doing because they have an angle here. They have a way that they don't want you to know their secrets because they're they're doing well doing it. I mean, you could be the watchdog and tell us right now. Is there a big name out there? I could be the watchdog, but you, I, I, I I'm not going to do that to the hobby. If I, you, you are, this is the found, this is like taking, this would be like taking apart the hobby and collapsing it because if people want to base everything on the fear that it was trimmed, like, Oh, I've owned this card. I've stared at it so many times, but now I found out something new about it. You know, what if I told you I teabagged every card that I ever graded beforehand? Oh man, Evan teabagged those cards. Now they're worth less. You know, it's like, like some would say worth more, but. That's exactly. Fine. It might be worth more. Maybe they're worth more. All the ones I ever worked on might be worth more because I'm such a, a great artist. Like it, it depends on how you want to look at it. You, I mean, you could, you can look at these people who have a passion for the hobby, who understand how to take care of cards, who understand how to get the get the grades that they need to get, 
and bring very beautiful cards to market, you can look at them like, oh, they're, they're cheaters or they are the most valuable people in the industry, the literal most valuable people in the industry. So you talk about like that walking the fine line of whether, you know, cleaning off a gum stain versus trimming, where, where's that line? There's a lot of people, I would say, all over the world who have their own personal thoughts on certain rules or laws or whatever is in place that says, this is okay, this is not okay. Some people think they shouldn't have to pay taxes. Well, okay, but they still have to pay taxes. This is a situation where, yes, it's not, you view it as not being wrong to trim a card, whereas maybe it's not a written rule, at least not in the anywhere, like, because there's not a law of the card hobby, but the general consensus for most would be that trimming is wrong, do we not go off of the majority as to the minority in that case? It's a good question. I like the way that you, I like the way that you phrased it and worded it, but I don't think that you're really going to know the uh, majority because the people that, uh, most of the people that figure out how to do it aren't going to ever come public and promote it because they know what they can do with it. But you'll see what happens to the industry. And it, it, it's already happening as Matt Turner gets in there and, and, starts going through all the cert numbers in his collection and he looks at who grades everything and he's figuring out, okay, this card's probably trimmed. He, you know, this card's probably trimmed and he's banning, he's, you know, just going through and banning so many different people. Um, now these people who were good at the, the, the way that this ecosystem works is these people were good at making a ton of money in the hobby, but they didn't go spend that money anywhere else. They put it right back in the hobby. They put it in investments in the hobby. They put it in buying more cards to bring, buying more collections and keeping it going. But now you're taking these people out of it and you are taking money out of the hobby. The same way that Panini was taking money out of the hobby when they started doing their reverse Dutch auctions and maximizing everything and leaving no room for anyone else to make money. Those, those, those types of things started happening and you're, you, you're going, the market will suffer. Well, it sounds like you care about the hobby overall. And you I, don't I, want I, it to I, collapse. I really, I cannot tell because it's like the ends justify I, the means I, argument. Yeah, but, I guess I'm trying no, to yeah. figure out care, like, what, are you, what are your overall I do care. I'm just trying to say, like, I, like, just like I learned to accept it back in 2013, I learned to accept it. It's the way it is. They're not going to change it. You know, I'm gone. I, I, I can't grade cards anymore. You know, like I don't, I don't grade cards. I haven't graded cards in years. I haven't, it, I can't do it. I would love to do it. I absolutely You don't use do any, it. you don't use bulk services, anything like that. You literally do not grade cards anyway. I, I made joke. I mean, I'm trolling people. No, I know that. I, trust me. I, I, I actually, I'm to your credit, by the way, I thought you were a total dummy in these videos. You're actually a much more well-spoken, educated person than I thought. I'm just being, he's going to hear the Mike, podcast. Mike's a very honest man. I'm being man. serious. Yeah. This actually infuriates <laughs> me even more. I can understand a stupid person just being like, oh, I can make money. I can maximize. I guess I hear all these arguments, though. Even back to this illustration, this, you know, Jamo cutting cutting the cards in the in the factory and and putting them out. You know, what's the difference in him doing it and you? Money and greed, that's the issue. Like, that's the difference. He's cutting a card because it's his job. That's what he does. You say money and greed, like, like I've cut, I've cut cards that I never met. I've cut more cards that I've never intended to sell. I appreciate them. I want them to look good. I want them in a binder. I want them in a card saver in my collection. Looking good. But if they're not graded, because I actually agree with you on the grading issue. I think it's a major issue if grading companies can't detect. I've had comes cards. We're generally SGC here, although I do, I do use PSA. I've had cards come back from SGC multiple times, altered, trimmed, whatever, slabbed up that way. So I, I do think there's some means of detection. But even then, like, you find well, out it doesn't... SGC, sorry to cut you off. SGC is the most consistent you're going to find, for sure. Okay, you know what? Cut it right there. We're good. Yeah, just cut that nice. and throw this guy... <laughs> no, I, I, I would say this, though, like... And, and you know what? Maybe we're just different. Like, hey, in 2013, I found out this was an issue. 
Like, you don't think you could have just like come out and helped and done some good to do it then? Because I do think, I, I do think the hobby is a small enough world where there's a few of us big voices. And if you get together and call things out, I do think you could make a change for the better, as opposed to, I'm on the you other side, man. I want, like, I want I the high grade are. cards. I want to build a set. I want, I want, I want to know who to call when I need a card for my set. You know, when I'm building up all PSA 10 set and there's a card that's impossible to exist out of the packs in a PSA 10, I know who to, you know, some guy that will find the, the one I need or I'll send them all my nines and say, Hey man, give me a 10. I'll pay you whatever. My, my point there is like, I, I guess, but yeah, my point would be like, I'd rather not deal with scumbags in the hobby. Like, yeah, you can go call that guy and get a 10. You, like, I wouldn't you, call them scumbags, man. They're oh, these, I, they're these. absolutely scumbags, by the way. I don't well, care who they are. A, hang on. Let me finish the talk, please. I know you're upset because I'm getting worked up. I'm not. No, a, you're fine. A, absolutely, though. Like, just because you can do something to make it look better, if it's about looks, like, cool, just go get another, like, do your own thing, customize, do whatever you want. But you know you're not dumb enough to think those cards aren't going to get out in the, in the public circulation. Somebody is going to get caught at the end of the day holding the bag there. It's just no okay. Case. Look, you, you say that again. If you normalize it, it's okay because since this has been going on for over thirty years now, most of the cards you just assume that at least half the cards and holders have been improved. You know, if you want to say that, let's say that looks hypothetical. This is all only a hypothetical because it's literally impossible. Let's say that you came out with some way to tell when a card has been trained. You know, some crazy sure. technology beyond some forensic. You know, yep, just I'm whatever you. it is, it comes out. Okay. Now we use that technology on every card that's ever been graded. Okay. Sure. All that, all these cards that have increased in value over the years, you know, whatever it is, even some that lost value, your stack of Kevin Durant's, whatever it is, you're going to find a few. This guy listens to the show. My you're stack gonna... of Kevin Durant. <laughs> this guy's a listener. Maybe I don't hate him as much as I thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, um, I'm just, I'm here to give people opportunity to grow, you know, negative, yeah. <laughs> negative emotions are an opportunity to transmute that into finding the lesson. Okay. Whatever. Nonsense, but okay. That's another Yoda quote. Yeah. Yoda's not that goofy, please. <laughs> anyway, the, um, I forgot what I was saying. Where was I? I did too. Oh yeah. No, you would find, you would find that a, a lot of cards, you know, had been, had been trimmed, altered, whatever, improved, whatever it is. You, you, and, and where does the hobby go from there? You know, if we, if, we, if you want to, take the money out of the hobby, crack out everything. And then let's start enjoying cards for, you know, their true nature. Then sure. The, 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 the biggest lie ever told when PSA was born is that they're going to, they're, they're the ones that are going to protect you from trimmed cards. So ultimately you are a collector, not for value of cards, but just because of the art in them or yeah, I mean, do you still care that's about the foundation value? of everything for me ever since I was a kid, like when I was a kid, I had no money. I was a dead, I was just a dead broke kid that was just dreaming of having things. And, you know, I, you know, when I had like 32 Bo Jackson cards, you know, I was, I was on top of the world, you know, and, 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 and just wanting the cards. And then it evolved into appreciating the rarity of cards that were actually printed. Well, you know, just because we're up against the technology, whatever years they were printed in, but the cards that were printed without PD, the ones that were printed, well-centered and the ones that were in great condition, like th that, that art form of finding those cards became what I gravitated to. So doesn't that hurt little Evan who cared so much about the rarity of those cards? Because now big Evan's out there saying, Oh, well, it doesn't really matter how rare it is. Cause I can make it. No, 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 no. Look, dude, remember this map ever since day one of PSA, assume everything's been trimmed. And go look at the population reports, okay? Most of the cards out there that had a chance to be improved, especially the older ones, have been improved, okay? Maxed out. You know, the Ozzy Smith 79 PSA 10, I don't know if that card ever came in a packed center. The, the, the 410s, whatever it is that might exist, I'm assuming there probably have to be sheet cut. And I don't know that for a fact. This is just assuming. But 
Does that mean I appreciate them any less? No, absolutely so, not. So you don't think then going forward, I mean, based on that statement, you don't think that major high-end trimming and all that stuff is going to be a huge issue moving forward because you think the pops, like the ones that could be improved to be a 10, by yeah, and large are already no, done. No, yeah, you need to assume that, that uh, and trimming is not going to, like the guys who trim, they're great. They're freaking great at it. Like I'm, I'm an amateur. Like that little video I made was just some amateur stuff. The guys who really do it at that scale and that volume who have been doing it, they're amazing at it. And they have had the means and the money to buy up everything that had a chance. To that point, though, how do you how do you know? Because you did say at the outset of the interview that you've never seen anybody do you this don't. before. You don't. You don't. It's just contest clues. It's just like when I, I mean, like I can look at the older holders and, t- and, and measure them. You know, I went and I've, I've, I've seen every single card in Marshall Vogel's collection. You know, there's some amazing stuff. His 52 Mantle 10 is freaking amazing. It might be cheap, but, but it. I can't tell. It's an absolute incredible card. Um, but there's some other cards in this collection. I won't say exactly which ones that are just kind of really, they're just really small in the holder on all four sides and the edges don't look natural. And I'm sure if we go look at the, if somehow I don't even know if these exist anymore in some filing cabinet, who submitted that card to PSA back in 1994? Oh, that guy's a known, known trimmer, whatever. Then it's probably trimmed. But that's what I'm saying. I've never seen, literally never. And I've, I've like all the people, all the big name dealers that I hang out with that I'm friends with will give me nothing when it comes to card doctoring. Nothing, literally nothing. Even guys who I think I'm, I'm mean, pretty we'll close with, like I can ask them. I can be like, hey man, how do I, you know, get rid of a, you know, this stain or, 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 or what do you do for an edge on this type of card? Like if I trim this card, it looks the wrong way. They're like, I don't know. I just buy clean stuff. So, so to your point, though, I mean, and again, because this is something we've heard now, and, I, and again, we live in a world where now content comes out and one guy, you know, you make one video and all of a sudden there's like this major ring. You do actually su- agree with that, though, that there is a hierarchy, so to speak, of guys who are doing this on a high-end, high-scale level. Well-known people who are organized and doing this, in, you know. There were, but they're, they're well, Nat's not allowing that. Well, I was going to say, but you don't think like if you're still doing it, you just use a group server. That seems pretty simple. I mean, maybe you could be, but a group sober, you still are. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be hard. I mean, it'd still be hard. Someone knows who you are. Someone somewhere knows who you are, unless you're going through, you know, your cousin Larry in Kentucky or something. I don't know. You can hide. You can hide. Like you can. And these people that did it for a living for so many years and they got banned, it's not that hard for them to hide. The PSA just took away their ability to see what's going on. They're even more complicit now because it's like out of sight, out of mind uh, approach to it where now they have no idea who's grading stuff and they're pushing so much to just go through group subs. Now we have no idea. It's just a group sub. We'll let them figure We'll let the group subbers figure it out. But even that, that has to be difficult. Cause like if I go into a group, so like we got a great group sub here and I don't know, do you know Nash cards? You ever go to a couple shops in Nashville here, friend of a show, you know, if I could go into Chris and say, Hey, here's a beautiful 1952 mantle. Like I might be able to group sub that through him, but it's pretty easy for me to like, if a guy gets back a nine mantle, pretty easy to be like, Hey, not a ton of people submitting these. Like, it's pretty easy to track that down. So I would think even that would be somewhat of a, a restraint of going through a group sub guy, just because I'd imagine you get found out pretty quick that way. Yeah, there is. For something that, that absolute, that major, you know, I think a lot of these guys might be focused more on the volume of four-figure cards, even three-figure cards. And, oh, less and, detectable because there's just more mass of them. It's so not instead the most of doing $100 them, bills, yeah. you're doing $20 bills. Say what? Say what? Did you say? Instead of counterfeiting hundred dollar bills, you're you would be in the example. You're just doing twenties. Yeah, you're doing counterfeit twenties instead. That you're makes making, sense. You're making twenty dollar bills instead of making hundred dollar bills. So earning, yes, you're right. earning twenty dollar <laughs> bills instead of earning twenty dollar bills. 
It is funny. Evan, maybe just no. It is amazing to me though. There is just no remorse. I just I, the, well, the, remorse. Like I'm sorry that you have emotions and that you need to be. Here's a disclosure. Ethics. Assume in, every card in, in is a, trimmed. It, assume every card is altered. Look then at assume, what you're buying. Do the right Look thing. At like, you're buying. Look at I what do. you're buying. I, okay, I don't okay, have okay, it. Okay. I don't have a huge. Oh, I love this card. I love this card. Two years later, hey, I trimmed that. Oh, I hate this card. No, I'm I'm, I'm all for reasonableness. I, I get some of that, but like, I just like the spinelessness of like, I know what's going on. I know all the players involved. I can't say anything. I can't do, and I can't beat them. So I'll join them and do it. It just, to, I don't know. To me, that's it is what it is. Like, call it emotion or what. I'm I'm emotional about a lot of things. I, I try to be very savvy in what I buy. I've gotten taken a few times. It's definitely happened. But I'm just like, yeah, I, uh, let's assume it happens. So I'm just going to join the cause and like continue to, I don't know, to me ruin stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, I, like if this, if this is what you want to spend your energy to make the world a better place, if this is what you want to focus your efforts on, what's right and wrong, then it, you know, it's free. You have free will. You're able to do that. I would, I did, would I agree with that's where your energy should be spent on making the world a better place. No, I kind of laugh at that energy going there when, you know, you could spend that. It's like these people on blowout forums who are, Freaking! I can tell that they're intelligent, they're, and they're, but they're but they're trying to uncover things that, for me, I still think they're a gray area and they're unprovable. You know, these people, like I said, the people who I think are the the good trimmers and stuff, I've never seen them trim a card. You can't prove that they have ever trimmed a card. So, ever. I think we've we've probably established where everybody stands, the reasons for it, and all that. But maybe we can leave this with a positive thing for the hobby. Maybe we can do a little good for those for. To be fair, for those who view this as not an okay practice, could you give some advice on how people can tell if their card is trimmed, both vintage and modern? Um, okay. First of all, it's not easy to tell when it's done the right way, but 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 I do appreciate your question there. So understand when try to understand when your card was graded. Try to try to try to be able to see based on the start number when it was graded. Now, new SGC stuff. It, that certain numbers are not sequential, but you know new SGC holders, and I think that since new SG, new SGC and their scale has come out, they've also been one of the most consistent grading companies, and they're still improving too. So, if you, uh, I think that that doesn't that gives you a little more comfort there. Go look at old PSA stuff. Don't assume that old PSA stuff is just bad or whack, but look at it. Look at the vintage cards. Look at it. Measure them. Get get these little rulers and measure the cards. Uh, look at the edges, like the, the little 10x magnifier that I was showing, uh, a lighted loop like that. Look at the edges. Start, start, you know, build your own data set of what you think is trimmed and what is not trimmed. Build your own, build your own eye. You know, when you're buying a card, and you, I'm sure you've heard it many times, buy the card, not the holder. Look at what you're buying, appreciate what you're buying. Don't buy it because, oh, don't turn it into a stock. Don't be like, oh, it's a PSA 9 of this part, it's worth this. Everything else still matters. The 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 eye appeal of the card still matters. The centering still matters. Um, and if you you know some people think the the trimming part of it matters, then then really start assessing your cards and don't assume just because PSA graded the card that it's not trimmed. Is it more is it more difficult to trim or to alter a modern card versus no, a vintage? It's easier. It's easier. Easier. Interesting. Do you um, see the necess- Do you see the need as much though with modern stuff as it was with older stuff? Like obviously, I mean, I would think centering's by and large a lot better. No, today I, so than- there's a lot of need. The, the people, the, you know, uh, how easy it is for white to go on a corner. Um, but you also, you can, all, every card is not trimmable. That's one of the other things people need to realize. It's very, it's not that easy to find a trimmable card because it has to, it has to be, it has to be bigger than. It has to have some of that card next to it from the sheet on it. You don't just go trim a card, make it small, and now it's a ten. That's not how it works. 
Makes sense. Well, let me let me end with this thing because yeah, I, I mean, I, I always say like we, we take shots at people and disagree and all that. I, I'm always happy to have somebody actually come on and speak. I, I disagree with almost everything you said, which is fine. I think we could at least have a conversation. Um, yeah, I, I think this, I would rather spend my energy trying to do good than than make money off it. But again, I don't care. The fact we disagree, you came on. I commend you for that. I appreciate you at least stepping up and taking the mic because most guys just you know make useless social posts and, and don't actually stand up for what they believe in. So if nothing yeah. else, I can commend you for your your. Uh, stubbornness well, and sticking back, with to the, <laughs> back to the comment about doing good versus making money i don't do this Please. anymore you know this is sure uh, I, my, my efforts have gone elsewhere um so well they're coming back so you just put out a video about this and you're launching a website right i mean yeah but before it's a, we it's, ended, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a website it's a marketplace to compete with ebay ebay is not a trading card website i'm, I'm sure the plan that was to i'm sure the plan though is to make money like i'm not you know <laughs> at some point oh yeah well yeah the plan is to make money but yeah of course yeah, there's a balance there. It's not. It's sure. not that. Yeah. Do you, uh, so let me ask you this then, as one of the. And again, I still keep saying we're going to end. Like, how could you instill any confidence in this website and the marketplace you're building, if you know the guys who keep the market going? In your opinion, and you yourself have done it. And you associate with these people. Like, how could I, as a buyer, have confidence and stuff on that platform? Just look at what you're buying and who you're buying from. Like, if you don't want to buy from people who you think are doing certain things, the cards don't. Card trimmers don't buy from card trimmers. So, but the question, yeah, the problem is, is and there's your now, answer. The problem is now you've you've uh, I think convinced probably a few people that there are no non-trim cards out there, or at least you could never tell for sure. So you would have to assume that all cards are trimmed. Yeah, assume that all cards are trimmed. If that if that is not enough for you, if that's so much that you can't handle that, and the the, the down the trading card world is just such a terrible place, move on to something else. So I did want to ask one other thing then before we end this thing. What where do you go from here? Because obviously. The the video was something that no one's really put out there before. Was that it? Was that a one and done? Are you going to continue putting out more posts or no? I what's think the that plan? it would be fun and helpful. Some people have asked for crease removal and stain removal. I might do that. Like I'm not going to put a ton of energy into it. It was just a quick one night. I was bored and I made this video. But I don't. I'm not going to get a following teaching people how to. <laughs> it's also I'm not going to put things out there that I get a lot of negative energy in return for. You know I don't want to. It's just not fun or exciting. So. Okay. I might do two more videos to show people how to remove creases or remove stains, but you know, I um I don't grade cards. I wish I could. I don't. If I could, I wouldn't I, I would I would I would not trim if, if if they told me if they gave me a second chance at PSA and said, "Hey, don't trim." And I I had I tried to have that conversation with Matt. That's kind of another reason that I'm okay just doing this and and being transparent and calling them out, you know, if you're not going to just give people second chances and you you, you are just going to continue to be this you know, this monopoly that you have always been and act like things have always been going the right way from PSA, then okay. Even that's interesting to me though, Evan, I'll, I'll be honest. Like it's pretty clear you have no faith in the integrity of PSA, but you just said you would grade with them again if they let you. That is weird to me. No faith. Well, yeah, but if you have no, like, it, it, here's another skill, skill, you grade your cards at PSA, get them back. Was that nine and 10 that you wanted to be a 10? No, it wasn't. Crack it out and send it back. You know, that, and that's part of the, probably part of their business model too, is to, to keep people reviewing and, and grading cards. But it's still, it's still a game I enjoyed playing. You know, it's still I, I enjoyed going through cards and, and, and you know wipe a smudge off, put it in a penny sleeve. But it, it's kind of like cathartic. You know, to spend you know a couple hours a day, kind of it, channel your inner artist and and, and and focus. You know, be focused on something. It's kind of productive. Okay, this is. You know, this is some stuff that'll come back for my collection, some stuff that'll help me pay for my collection. And, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. 
Well, Evan, I got to tell you, I really do appreciate you coming on, whether, you know, overall opinions are the same. I, I don't think that's the case, but I do think you've answered questions that a lot of people wanted to know. So uh, can't, uh, can't fault you for that. Appreciate the time, Evan. And please, going forward, if you want to ever name names, uh, <laughs> please let us know. The, the We'd masses, be happy to the be a microphone for you. It's not going to do anything <laughs> for you. You guys all own cards and holders graded by the names that you're talking about. I mean, there's plenty of names that we don't even know. Neither of us know. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Evan. Yeah, I appreciate the time, man. But, hey, but yeah, I appreciate you guys being able to have conversations and a dialogue and be able to disagree without us fighting over it. You know? Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll go, uh, we'll go hang out on Broadway sometime. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> go All right. Yeah. See you, man. All right. There you go. That was Evan Mathis. Yeah. I, there comes a point where you just realize like you are just so fundamentally different than a person. That's fine. I, it, you know, again, it is what it is. Um, Usually when things like this come up, we are our opinion, mine and yours, I think, alike are let's present the facts of the audience. You can make your own decision. Mm -hmm. There is nothing in the world that's going to change that guy's opinion. No, I don't think so. And I do think I, a couple things I did try to question and I stand behind. Well, yeah, I would rather put my energy towards, hey, let's out these people. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. I like when guys like that downplay, like, oh, I mean, if that's what you're going to do, like, oh, because it's so important to you and emotional. It's like, dude, yeah, maybe I'm overly emotional about cardboard, but let's just be clear. Call a spade a spade. You're doing this for money. And, and by the way, and you admitted to that too, because, well, I mean, I got all these nines, but I wanted my, my sets to be PSA 10s. What does it matter? If it's not about money, just make your own holder and have everything be a 10 and be uniform. It, yeah. it, it is always. Let's just, the simplest answer is always, almost always the right I one. I think it's hard to take that out, guys, especially when you're talking about millions of yeah, dollars. Guys do this to make money. And yeah, I would rather, you know, totally waste my time and effort to a degree trying to find out who's doing this and, hey, can we get to the bottom of this? Can we out these guys? Can we find a way to stop this? As opposed to, yeah, can't beat them. So, you know, I'm just going to join them and just be part of the problem. I I'm good with that. I just think that's a weak approach. I, I really do. discussion with my wife last night about something completely separate, but about like doing- Was it about you me and you when we fought in a living room? <laughs> What we did she think? Fight? Did you talk to her? When we, when we, when you do something oh, for did. a reason that you convince yourself is the right reason, but are oh, you actually doing? It has nothing. Is this, is this a you, metaphor? It is. You know what it is? It's a. It's a sign that you think everything's about you. Oh, Bam. And there it is. The that, heart speaks. I'm just oh kidding. my god. <laughs> so, anyways, but it is. It brings up the thought of like when you're doing something and you convince yourself you're doing it for the right reason, but there's also a alternative benefit. That is not the right reason. How do you say what you're actually doing it for? And I think that's probably where I think if he were super honest with himself, he'd say that's got to be a con uh, a conflict for him. That yes, maybe he thinks he's doing this because he likes the look. I do think I do believe that he probably likes the look of these things and he appreciates how they look. But I don't think that you're doing this not because of money. Of course, um, yeah. I, mean, of course. I, I do have to ask you though. I, I'm very curious what you think. It, outing people and yeah. to his point if he if there are these really big people mm -hmm. do you think that hurts like how badly i should rephrase how badly do you think that hurts the hobby because i think it hurts it i think it hurts it a little bit but i also i also start to look at well who does this actually hurt mm -hmm. how many people like the guys who are walking around with these six five and six figure cards it's not the hobby these mm -hmm. are the elite top 0.1 of people who have these type of cards and holders but to his point it's like the four figure cards Allegedly, it, but see, well, that's the other thing too. All of this is allegedly, well, though, but right? A, but there was a lot of contradiction because at one point it's like it doesn't happen as much as you think. It's really not that big of a deal. Yes. Most are not. Well, the majority are. Well, we have to assume it all is. But that's what I mean so, too. Like, and he never saw anybody do it, and no one ever admitted it. But he knows that they are. And that's so what there I mean. is. I, I just, I, I would, maybe I'm wrong. 
I would guess we see him promoting something pretty heavy in the next month or two. Like, I would just have to think this is the start of, there's a product, maybe it's this website, something coming out where this was the launching ground because even no news is bad news. When mm-hmm. your name's in the news, it's a good thing in, in most people's opinion. But yeah, I just I, I just don't buy it. I'm sorry. And not to say anything against Jason Coons because I don't know him personally and no, I haven't even heard that, any. That's but a the ridiculous fact that he, argument. But Come. he's probably he probably sees that his friend was outed in the hobby for doing something which Jason denies. And he's been accused but, of himself, by the way. And and got a lot of notoriety for it and then turned around and made a business, a legitimate grading business in the hobby. Maybe. He may be thinking, oh, well, I can get some notoriety for doing something that is not okay in the hobby's eyes and then turn around and make a legitimate business. I I could see his mentality, his, his thinking. I can it. see that. I guess here's the thing too. And again, Jason, I have no clue, but if you read those blowout forums and read other articles that have come out, he has been associated at least in name with some of these things that have happened. How could you be friends with a guy who has a great income? I don't believe that for a second. You're coming out. I'm a trimmer. I have no shame about it. I'm out there. I'm a trimmer. First I of know all, all these people, these again, big people, big I, collections. I know all these big people. Koontz is worth millions, by the way. <laughs> I know. I know all these big people, all these important people. I can't name names. One, that's spineless. If you're not yeah. going to do it, don't allude to it. <laughs> that, that is just the case. Like, you just don't have to be, come on. It's child's play. Oh, I love the drama. But Tell me. My friend is a, owns a grading company, but he has the best eye in the hobby. And uh, I mean, it was the PSA 9 Gretzky never rookie. anything to him. It was the PSA 9, I mean, the ISA 9 Gretzky rookie that sold on eBay that was clearly altered. Never heard much about that from Evan. Like, I didn't, where was the eye on that? Mm. That's where I have this. <laughs> your friend is doing this in the same hobby, in the same space as you, but and you guys are both have massive influence, and one of them's got a ton of money in a company. Oh, I mean, I don't know if he ever did it. Again, this goes back. Let, let's be this, clear, though. We do not know anything about that. And if Jason no. is listening to this, we just have to speculate by the way, based Jason, on these and comments. Jason, you, I invited you on an Instagram. He seems like a very nice guy. Fine. He can come on, by the way. I would, Jason, you're yeah. welcome to come on as well. But my motto always goes back to either say it or shut up. <laughs> Don't elude and do this half and half thing. I'm gl- I am glad the guy came on. I mean that. But just zero ethical dilemma to him. That just makes, and again, if if the worst somebody can say about me is that I trim cards, I'm just going to go out and say I trim cards. Cool. You know, if it's the worst I can say is I'm a killer, I'm just going to tell everybody I'm a murderer. Like, what are we doing? Come on. Like, that, That's great. that is an issue. I just, I, I just think it's weak when people are just like, I'm going to just help support the terrible cause because, you know, in one breath, I'm a loser because I'm emotional about the hobby. But in the same breath, it's like, well, I'm doing this to hold it up because if this goes down, the hobby goes down. Mm-hmm. But which is it? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I I think 99.9% of his actions and everybody he's talking about or alluding to, it comes down to greed. And again, talk about another total spineless thing. I'd agree with PSA if they'd let me. You just spent 30 minutes saying they're the worst from the beginning. They're crap, this and that. But well, you'd still grade with it them? It sounds like he what would are you grade talking with them. About? It sounds like he was saying because he can get that, away with his crap. He, over yeah, there. That, and that's dude. I didn't want to highlight. By that the way, the SGC like stuff was negative. not plugged, but I did want to kind of quite trust me. If he bashed him, we were going to cut it. No, just kidding. <laughs> but I am. I, I do find it interesting. He did say that. I'm. I'm. I'm thankful to hear that. But well, especially because of the fact that we do put so much stock behind them, not just because they're a sponsor, but we were doing this long before that to hear someone that's who's a known trimmer thinks that they are the most, uh, I guess, uh, what is, what is, was his wording? Consistent, uh, consistent and accurate, I think. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's I'll a, be honest, there's, that's there's an, your plug. That is always infuriating to me too, though. It's because I'm immature when I get worked up, but the other person doesn't. Like, good on I him. Because I was really trying to insult him there a little bit. He and he just a was, real Jesse move over He there. was just real calm and collective. I, I, 
again, I don't care. I, I, my opinion on him is very clear on the whole issue. You can make your own decision. There's the interview. That's what it is. Um, I will say if I see him start to now promote something going forward, I will use every microphone in my reach and in my power to make sure it is unsuccessful. I will say that because I don't think you should be rewarded for that, for that type of crap. So there, I am um, curious, is a Durant comment? Does he listen to the show? Am I, I stack of Durant? right? Like, how else would he know that? There's no other way. What are his stats? Give me his I measurements. Looked, he's not in the Facebook group. Carlos, so Carlos, look this up for me while, while we're hanging <laughs> I think up there. He's 6'1", I think he's 6'1". Give me say. Evan Mathis's stats, if you could. I want to know his height and weight. And what's he rocking at now? And when was he oh, age two? And, I want to know when he was born. And, and who are his parents? Yeah, parents, and siblings, names. height, weight, um, and age. What else? Ultimately, I want to. I just want to say, close us out as a compliment to to you and to the show. I think that was the best interview we've ever done. I think that that interview was so well-rounded without being, with having enough passion mixed with a balance of I'm known facts. For my, known for my passion. I think that that was a very good interview. And I want to hopefully encourage others who have important messages to say to want to come on and do the same. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I wish, obviously too, I was, I was waiting for the bond to drop. Like, you know what? I will give you these two, three names. That'd be crazy. I thought that would have been great. Like, just do it. Like I thought that would have been excellent. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, whatever. I don't like much about him. The little I know about him, I dislike. But it's he funny, I actually kind of like him. I mean, I, I don't like you. what he does, but... Nah, I can't make a separation. Carlos, what do we got <laughs> here? Make a separation. All right, so what I'm seeing is 6'5". Current? What? Oh, boy. Current? What are we talking six, about? No, he's gotten shorter. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can find his current uh, weight, but it's, <laughs> the one I see listed is 6'5", 301. No, he's lost weight. No, he, he's that was when that he video. was. Yeah, that was when he was. Yeah, in the I think he's, 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 oh, a, he's a lineman. He's a lineman. So they always they always lose weight when they get out of. Well, I won't say always, how, how but old a lot is of he, them Carlos? lose weight. How old? Uh, Forty one. Oh, yeah, I, that's I a problem through. for me. That reach six five. That's not good for me. The reach is a problem, and I was hoping he's going to be like forty seven. So the knees would be an I'll issue. I'll get between the two of you. I'll, I'll, I'll watch out. I knew you. you're spineless too. You wouldn't even help. I get between spineless. the two of us. You get behind me. We take him. Down. Why do <laughs> I'm just I? Just kidding. <laughs> I was trying to protect you. Okay. Are you six I'm five? So sorry. You know I'm six four. Don't start. Um, I think did, you could push him around. He's little now. But I don't want to. He's I'm just saying, like, in a, I'm not man. saying in a fight. I'm saying like in a friendly. He has wrong ideas. I'm saying in a friendly a way. I'd like man. to see you and him lock up with shoulder pads <laughs> on and who's moving who. We'll play a game of chess. How about that? Uh, How badly would cowards. you just, you would never talk to me again. Um, that's why I couldn't come in studio, by the way. My dad and uncle were busy today and I wasn't sure what this dude's motives were. If I knew he was going to be here, we'd have Papa Joe and Russ sitting over there oh, with some concealed entertainment. If I knew there were, oh my God, stop saying things like you that. You have to watch yourself. Security. Don't say stupid you things like watch. that. It's all oh legal. my God. You have to be um, careful. Evan, uh, <laughs> next time we'll have him in. I, I do have to say that we do have mailbag and we do have like just a I couple other care. things. Okay. Whatever. I'm following um, your lead. I'm maybe good with it. Let's just hit. Let's hit the, the notes really Go. quick. Please. So number one was PWCC laid off 30 people over Zoom. Um, I think that's something that we probably wanted to talk about, as I think some have said it's about a third of their staff we, or so. We, we are going to disagree on this, by the way. Oh, I don't know. What, I don't know if I have a stance. Oh. Because ultimately, I, I think like yep. you have to, if any company is going to be successful, sometimes, unfortunately, they have to lay people off if the sales are, if the Overall sales of the company are not as good. In this case, I think it's obvious that the market's not where it was probably when sure. these people were hired. So, yeah, let me just, I mean, it's not crazy to me. I've never once used PWCC. I don't have an account there. We're not paid by them in any way, shape, or form. Although we've had Jesse on the show at least once, Jesse Craig. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I always thought they were the best, and I still think they are the best at vaulting, and they have a very big marketplace. Um, I, I don't care. 
like, I'll be honest with you. My first thought, and again, I'm just because I've never had a real job. Um, I'd rather be able to sit home when I get fired than have to go in and then leave. You want to fire me on Zoom? I, I really, I'm like, fine. Like I saw people like, this is not how you do it. Why? My thing was that someone had reached out to us on Instagram wanting to know if we wanted to get the lowdown about it, which was not the same person that I think uh, Sports Card Radio got a letter from or saw. What was uh, the lowdown? Did they say anything? Oh, well, I reached back. He he said if we want to do a call off the record, and I no. reached out to him, and I just didn't hear back. So uh, no, um, I don't I, know if there is anything other than what we already know. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If it's, hey, the market was slow. We're not making as much as we used to. We had to downsize. Like, okay. Now, hey, there was fraudulent activity and there's a lawsuit coming. Or if there's yeah, like a crazy story. This is the beginning different. of more. Right yeah. right now, I, I don't, like, what? what? Who yeah. cared? I got fired on Zoom. Well, I'll be honest with you. A lot of people didn't get fired. Maybe you weren't that great at your job. <laughs> I'm just being serious. And who cares when you get fired? Like, you mean to tell me these 30 people sitting in a room together would have been happier face-to-face getting fired? Come I don't on. think that issue Dude, of it being I'll on be Zoom with you, as, is as big. If you ever need to fire me from the show, just send me a text. <laughs> I'm good with a text. I won't even respond to it. I'm I out. I know. That's it's all it has to say, by the way. Mike, you're fired. <laughs> Mike, I'm done. You're out. I'm cool. in. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, God. Is it? Oh, my God, Carlos. Did I get it wrong? Is it Yu-Gi-Oh or Yu-Gi-Oh? No, I was just a I know, topic. I know. You I got know, it right. But it's just, yes, Yu-Gi-Oh just sold for um, $311,000. It's the Make-A-Wish card. It's a one-of-one. It's just the... Just oh, this the is simple the old, fact. the old Make-A-Wish, right? Just from years ago, they made it for a kid, and then yes, it, yeah, exactly, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was an older card. It was a BGS seven or something. And I have a wish. It had give me a thumb break card. Three a Yu-Gi-Oh card fold three hundred three hundred eleven k. That's insane to me. The fact that there is that kind of money still being spent on TCG, it in the what we've been seeing with Disney, with Lord of the Rings coming up, with Lorcana, with Lord Star Wars. What's that? I'm talking about. Uh, so there was a Lord of the Rings or Lord of the Rings set that came out, and oh, then really? Magic the Gathering is putting out a Lord of the Rings set coming up this summer. Okay, there is a lot going into the TCG space. Disney's it makes me involved. very, very excited. Sure. Um, but it also it shows that there's a lot of money going in there too. So watch out for that. That I could do be a think, good. Yeah, the need for caution. Yeah, I, um, I do agree with that. Uh, let's see. There was a couple other things. Oh, uh, Beckett. Has a new CEO, uh, Kevin Isaacson, the guy is going Southern. to be taking over. Yeah, he was the former Southern CEO, Southern Hobby, and um, I don't think I ever met Kevin. I knew everybody over there. Kevin is the like Brad, Chris, Luke. I knew all the guys at Nashville. Well, he was the CEO. So, I don't know how often you would need to. Well, talk the other to dudes them. were like. I mean, Chris was like the president. I think. Oh, okay. He was. But he may have sold. He's also the founder of the Industry Summit, which has often been like a big Beckett esque event. Event. Yeah. So and Southern's it always makes been sense. big there. Sure. Um, and then there was one other thing. Oh, so there was a report put out uh, about all the major graders, PSA, Beckett, SGC, and CSG. It was very interesting to note. In April, SGC graded about double the amount of Beckett and CSG independently. So they did about 50-something. That, that grading promotion. They did yeah. almost 100. So that's the Nine other thing I was going to mention. Bowman. They are doing it again if we haven't already. I know we talked about it before, but right. Bowman special again, $9 20, grading. 23 Bowman. Yes. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Nine bucks a card. That's why we're not offering through our website right now, a CSL, because we don't have a rate like that. Yeah, you can't Go that. right to uh, Well, SGC. for Bowman. If you got something else. Then yeah, yeah, other we'll stuff, sure. But Bowman, and I'll be honest, they are also giving priority to it because I've had guys who have submitted days after me who have got it back before my old orders came back. Now, my old orders taking a long time are 10 to 12 days. Like, it's not... But the Bowman stuff is coming back immediately. And I do want to address this. This annoyed me. Somebody was talking about this on our um, on our uh, promoted sponsors post at uh, SGC. Mm-hmm. And the guy's comment was like, um, you know, hey, you're just promoting them because they're a sponsor or whatever. Speed isn't always best. 
I didn't see that. Where was that? That wasn't a big oh. deal. Um, and the guy, you know, whatever. The guy has a, a bit of a microphone. He he believes how he believes. I don't care. We disagree, but it's fine. I do want to make sure. Evan this is, disagrees. <laughs> Thank goodness. If I ever decide agreeing with that guy, please. Oh. Wait. All right, here's where you go. I want Evan to come down to you Gold's Gym. You, and, you do agree with him. Gold's Gym at Evansville. We do the combine liftoff for all the marbles, for all the gold in Scotland. 225, <laughs> who's, who's repping this thing? Are we more? going to Evansville because it's named after him? I said Evan comes to Hendersonville. Gold's no, you said Evansville. We'll cut. We'll check the tape, but that's okay. You meant Hendersonville. Carlos can check the tape right now. We're going to Gold's Gym, Evansville. Boom. <laughs> there, there it you. is. Um, Dang it, Jesse. Why do you speak? Oh, shut uh, your beautiful face. We were talking face. about grading. We were talking about oh, what the yes, guy yes, said. Yes. Please stop using this dumb line of thinking of speed isn't the most important thing. Oh. In a lot of ways, it sure is. Look what happens when you have an SGC 10 come back three weeks before the first PSA 10 of Bowman first autos, mm -hmm. first chrome of these dudes, color. It makes a huge difference. Yep. If nothing else in the short term, that's why these $9 deals they've run with Bowman is are, are so valuable to the hobby. It's not because they're a sponsor. We teamed up with them because they do initiative things. That's not the right use of the word initiative. They take they initiative take on initiative. things like these because it does make a massive difference. If I can be the yes. first in the first handful of people to market with a cam call your purple non-auto, it's gonna outsell stuff a month later that comes in a different holder. That's just the facts. I bet that guy who commented that is feeling really dumb about now. No, no, no. Ziggy's fine. He's not <laughs> dumb. He's an intelligent guy. I've, I apparently didn't call him back once. I forgot. I don't no, know. Now but, that makes a lot more uh, sense. I do, because some other people have said that in the past. It is a major, major thing. Um, before we get Next. to mailbag, there was one last thing we just wanted to mention. Um, I said this on the last show. The Panini Golden Ticket giveaway, these physical in-person prizes. Spinatron put out a post about this, and I just couldn't help it. I had to say something. For between like around $30 and $50, you could have completed that Golden Ticket Challenge. Only about 180 people did. And one of those, that guy got to go out. He got flown out with someone else oh, yeah. to go and pick the 210th draft pick. The like there's video draft. of it. Yeah, of the NFL draft. I think that's amazing. And the fact that there's only 186 people that I think completed that challenge and you could have done it for like 30 bucks or something. I mean, I don't know. Stay out of one break and go do that instead and get a chance to be flown out. I mean, <laughs> uh, speaking of breaks, actually, <laughs> NFT breaks, uh, we're going to have a ton of those going on. Again, guys hate NFTs, 2-0 for tw 12 seconds. But Carlos <laughs> just got loaded up. He's going to be doing a bunch of NFT breaks on the uh, on Loki breaks on CSL starting, I don't know, tomorrow. Today or tomorrow. Mailbag? You want to at least hit a few? Let's okay, go. awesome. Uh, let's go with, I think our first one, our first few are pretty good. Now, hold, hold on. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we can cut this if we need to. Brandon Steck says, what are your thoughts on teams like the Pirates and Diamondbacks starting out hot, but being mid-market? I read this are, question. Are there buying? Oh, you did. Are there buying and flipping opportunities there? And would you hold any of their guys? Geo, don't say O'Neill Cruz. That's a cop-out. Okay, it is a cop-out. But just to start with that, because it makes the most <laughs> sense, the guy's going to be coming back from injury in a couple weeks. Okay. O'Neill Cruz is by far the best guy to buy there. Cop-out. Total cop-out and totally <laughs> the truth, by the way, just so we're all on the same page. I mean, here's the deal. Like, he talks about the standings, and it's a fair point. I like Brandon, by the way. Um, what are we, a month into the season, right? Does anybody actually... So, first, let me answer the question with a question, which is everybody's favorite little, favorite little <laughs> game. Especially here. when they're not here to answer. Yeah. The Pirates are 20 and 11. The D-backs are 17 and 14. I think the Diamondbacks are in the most... One of the most difficult and competitive divisions in baseball. Mm -hmm. I think the Diamondbacks are going to be well out of the playoff race by the time the uh, all-star game rolls around. I just don't think they have it. 
the pirates to me have been a little bit more, a little bit of a weirder story here. You got a couple names and it just depends. Let me say this too. It's going to take time. Nobody on the pirates, aside from O'Neill Cruz coming back from injury and mashing, is going to just go up overnight or over one month of hot play. O'Neill could because it's a weird situation. But you got guys like Cabrian Hayes and Brian Reynolds. They're both good players, mm-hmm. but they're on the Pirates, like Brandon mentioned, and they haven't been like hobby relevant in years. So is it possible that there's some buying opportunities? Yeah. I mean, Brian Reynolds has 23 RBI and he's batting 327. Probably a great opportunity to buy him if you believe in the team and if you are patient because it's going, again, it's going to take a few more weeks. 20 and 11 is great. If they're 40 and 14, all of a sudden it's like, hey, near the All-Star game, look at the breakout team. Then there's some excitement, some buzz. So Brian Reynolds, uh, for sure. I, again, Brian Hayes, I just think is a great young player. The other one that's been weird is Andrew McCutcheon. Six home runs early. I mean, he's an old school, you know, probably a borderline Hall of Famer at this, at this point in his career. Um, coming back to them is great. He, I have a little more pause with him, though. I don't think at his age, Andrew McCutcheon's going to have a great season by any means. So, so yeah, I think there's some guys. And then just to be honest, Brandon, I don't have any clue about the Diamondbacks. I've never looked at that team. I could not care less about a team in any major sport uh, in the world, I don't oh, think. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, they got a couple. Like, Corbin Carroll's mm-hmm. played great. Okay. M- maybe Corbin Carroll's a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, coming into the season, he was projected to be the NL Rookie of the Year. I guess the reason I have a little bit more caution there is I just don't think they're as real as the Pirates could potentially be, and I think they're in a tougher division. But Corbin Carroll, that's a lazy take, but he is the guy if you're going to go Diamondbacks. Okay. Um, but, well, Drew Jones, any thoughts on that? Like, I actually So Drew Jones is not going to be anywhere near the pros for at least a year or two. Uh, he's obviously the number one chase in 2023 Bowman. Yeah. I think you just sell him all right now. Oh, okay. From what I hear from people who know much more than me, so this is just tagging onto what they say, he is exceptional defensively and very good offensively, but not his power is average as of right now. Power is the only thing that's going to sustain pricing like his. So I think there's an opportunity to just sell him right now and just buy him back later. Oh, okay. Very good. Um, let's go to actually Matt Jones asked a question that I really relate to. He says, I'm an avid baseball collector and I realize I don't really watch that many baseball games. I'm also a big football collector, but will prioritize watching football games. Why do you think baseball is still the dominant sport in the hobby with declining viewership? Uh, When or if do you see football overtake baseball as the top sport in the hobby due to popularity? Yeah, so his point is very, very, I mean, like I will watch a, playoff football game when I have no rooting rooting interest because I like the game of football. It's exciting. Yes. I don't care about baseball. Even like the Sox-Yankees game on ESPN and primetime, mm-hmm. I might catch the highlights. It's just boring. But it's amazing that that sport still fuels the hobby. Yeah, I, I think a the lo- same. I think a lot of it has to do with tradition. Mm, like, people, okay. like baseball vintage, where it all started, is still by far the most powerful uh, avenue in baseball cards today. Mickey Mantle. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows his name. Yeah. Babe Ruth. You know, so I just think think we need a younger, like as the, maybe as the hobby audience, these old heads, these people who've been in it for, you know, because baseball cards were the first thing. If they age out, and by that, I mean, die, Die. and you start getting like these (laughs) other people who, who younger ones, our age or younger who say now football's what we care more about. Is it just a matter of time? Or do you think it would even at that point still be baseball? I thought this five, 10 years ago. I was like, man, at some point, why would I care about vintage? Vintage to me is Griffey and Fred, uh, Frank Thomas. But it's like, yeah, but every year Mantle grows. 
You never see Mantle, the Mantle Index decline. You don't see Babe Ruth cards decline. Lou Gehrig, Jackie Robinson, right? So I, I just don't know. But does the sport as a whole like new? Because even like new stuff, Bowman, Bowman Chrome, Bowman Draft. If there's a good a good checklist, those are more prominent in the hobby than any other thing that'll come out for any sport. Yeah, it's why I, I, there's not a real answer in my opinion. I'm sure there is, but I just have no clue what it is. Uh, By the I, way, last one I do want to say back to Brandon's question. Oh yeah, I still like Alec Thomas. I don't think Alec Thomas is going to be that great of a player, but I just see little glimpses where I think he's great for the D backs. He's a, he's super cheap. He was a rookie and everything in 2022. Oh okay. I don't know. I still have, but he's also missed some time recently. So I don't know. There you go. Anthony real wants to know which SCN theme music. Do you guys prefer the current one or the 1960s surfer music you guys used to use? What do you say when you hate something equally? What is the answer then? <laughs> I, uh, I've gotten so used to ours, but I don't care for the fact that I've heard other people use this theme song. Oh yeah. It was Technically just, we don't own it. What was it, it just on? Um, there was a tops. Remember when tops? Well, tops did it, but somebody else just did it. it someone sent end. something to us. It actually was. It sounded very similar. It was not the same. But yeah, Greg Meisner wants to know at what parallel slash numbered point is it better to send new Bowman baseball cards to PSA rather than using SGC special rate? So I mean, in general, like all the base stuff, anything base, refractor, color, aside. I mean, I think I send almost all of it. I think the return time and the speed is going to make up for the majority of pricing, the, the discrepancy in pricing. And then, I mean, I don't know. So worst case, it comes back and you say, hey, there is a big discrepancy, but it came back a 10. So you already know it's a 10. Just send it to PSA then. Are there still people who think of baseball for BGS? Eh, not, like not much. Like it, not like the, before. Okay. So it wouldn't be a BGS versus SGC. It's a no, PSA. No, no, no. I, at this okay. point, BGS is such a train wreck. I don't know what you do with them. <laughs> it's just the truth. I'm sorry. But they have that new CEO, though. Um, all right, let's go that to last one was so good. Noah. I apologize, man. It's just a little Kalinga? long. Yeah, it's just a little long. Is this about the king? Is he apologizing to me? <laughs> no, it's I about had to apologize to him. I retract that apology, by the way. Okay. Uh, David Wang wants to know. Last week, you guys talked about fanatics swallowing distribution chains, and it reminded me about the monopoly discussion when they first took over the exclusivity rights. If you're Mike Mahan. Is it Mahan or Mahan? I can never yes. remember. What part of the industry do you target after distribution? Oh, so like buying up even more to monopolize. Oh. I mean, breaking. Like that's why Fanatic, the, the next step is it's distribution, then it's going to be breaking. Fanatics live. I can't remember. Is Mike over Fanatics or is it just Tops? No, he's the Fanatic CEO. He is the Fanatic No, because Ruben's the Fanatic CEO, isn't he? Oh man, now it's now we got to double check here. But if you're going to buy up something else, I would think they are already. So they have manufacturer card CEO manufacturers of Fanatics collectibles. He is okay. All right. Um, you ever sit in a room? By the way, we, we sat in the room with the National. Uh -huh. It's very rare. I think this. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the few times I sat in a room, and I was like, "This guy is a lot smarter than me." Oh well, he knows when to talk and when not to yeah. talk for sure, and he does. He at chooses no, his words very carefully. At no point, and he was sincere about it. But at no point was I like, "Oh, there's an edge here," because because I'm always looking for. Can I get him to say something? Yes. And it was off the record. I'm not going to repeat anything that was spoken about. Yeah, but it's very rare when I leave a room going, "You know what? I just got totally dominated at chess." There, I I felt a very similar way, but I knew going in that we would have to be feel very put in our place because he doesn't come from the card world. And I honestly, fanatics is there, there are people in the card world where I feel very comfortable around. Sure. But fanatics, I don't view as like one of those kind of companies because they are a, a worldwide company and they have a lot more money than just about any other business in this hobby. In the so world. when they get, so, I mean, that's what, 
they're honestly, they're spending, they're getting CEOs who are like in, you know, skull and bones clubs. They're getting people who are like in special private things that not like the CEO of like, you know, Leaf or Panini or something like that. Like these are companies, these are big, big time people that you got to be By the careful way, around. Let me clarify. Michael Rubin is the CEO of Fanatics. Mark, uh, Mike Mahan is a, is the CEO of Fanatics Collectibles. There it is. Okay. I wonder if Woodia Regional Vote Tech <laughs> has a skull and bones club. I wonder how often Woodia gets They've never mentioned. reached out, by the way. I would argue I'm the most famous alum. Never heard a word from Woodia. My my Wildcats, where's the love? Hendersonville High School has not reached out you want a once scholarship? and we're in the town. A GSFE scholarship? That's a free school. But it doesn't matter. I'll buy somebody's <laughs> tools for that vote, for the for their trade. Just because Taylor Swift buys the auditorium new equipment and I haven't gotten in, done anything for them. That's stupid. I don't know if they knew you'd be able no, no, go ahead. Keep going. What's next here? All right. Question from Nathan Hamilton. What are we to expect from the 2023 Panini baseball products? So Don Russ is the first 23 product. Here's what's interesting about it. If you look at all the pictures that have come out, it's either prospects or retired vets. So Jackson Holiday, prospect. Mm -hmm. Pete Rose, out of the league. Tamar Johnson, prospect. Warren Spahn, old. Jeff Bagwell, old school. Ichiro Griffey. Jordan Walker. I think this is the first where there's not going to be any active players because the Fanatics exclusive exclusivity with the MLBPA kicks mm -hmm. in. By the way, I, I, I've said this before jokingly. I would love for somebody from the Fanatics department to come on and talk to us about this. Is this like, what can other companies do with the yeah. license you now have? Because I've never seen a product like this where it's prospects and legends. By the way, I don't hate it for some things. If you're telling me flawless is going to be Griffey and Bagwell. Yeah. You know, Jackson Holiday, cool, and then like the old school mantle. I don't hate that. I assume there'll be some autos. Oh, no? there's autos in this. Yeah, okay. there's Griffey, Ichiro. And here's the, so it just says the city name as well, which that's always said that. Like sure. Pete Rose says Cincinnati. They never had rights. Um, I didn't know they could use, well, but these aren't guys in the PA. So I guess that's the difference. This is interesting to me, though. And even some of the guys like Jordan Walker is in the majors this year. But so next week, it we'll definitely says, have to do a on. deeper dive. Yeah, because this is interesting. Jordan Walker, both cards on here say New York. Jordan Walker plays for the St. Louis Cardinals. Is New York their AAA affiliate or something? Interesting. Okay. I actually want somebody to, maybe we can even get someone from Panini to come on and say, hey, what can you do? What can you not do? Yeah. Um, there's somebody working over there now we want to talk to anyways. So, um, Okay. Something we can look into. The Warren Spawn, Spawn card doesn't say anything. Bagwell says Houston, Ichiro, Seattle. Yeah, this is interesting. The prospect cards don't say, at least the ones that are in the images, don't have any city name even, at least not associated with the player. Just the state? The vets, no, they don't say anything. Oh. Or they say New York, but New York is not where he plays ball, so I don't know what that is. And Jackson Holiday doesn't say anything. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of intrigued by this because this is going to set the stage for what Panini can do with baseball going forward. I so. wonder if those pictures are even up to date, though, too. Yeah, I, a lot of questions. We'll figure out more. Um, let's go on. We got a few more. John Moore. It's a long episode. They deserve. <laughs> it. That's that's what they get. John yeah, Boren. Um, Mike, when you get ready to break, is part of your process making sure that your hands are prepared, such as cleaning fingernails, no hairy knuckles. I don't have hair on my knuckles, but yes, I actually do. I actually do scrub my hands before every break. Do I don't work. Really? Yeah, I, I've always. You're holding are your you hands. A nail biter. I'm a nail clipper. Oh, you do clip? Very consistently, too. Really? I can get that. You're a very fastidious person. I don't appreciate That's offensive, actually. No, nope. <laughs> it's not, but it's okay. Uh, now I'm trying um, to see if Jordan Walker ever played in New York. 
So I cannot so believe sorry. we did not talk about this. I, I had this on my list of little things at least we needed to discuss. Keenan Dion says, thoughts on the Golden series on Netflix? I'll um, tell you this. I didn't. I thought the series was okay. The dialogue mm-hmm. is terrible because it's a reality show. It's always mm-hmm. supposed to be. The actual, if, if you take away me being in the hobby too and knowing the values of these things. Sure, yes. I thought the show was fine. The people associated with the show, the constant posting everywhere about oh, it is the most annoying one. thing about the whole show. <laughs> I get your excited. You know, you're on Netflix. It's great. 57 posts a day about, well, here's this one. Here's me in front of a camera. Here's a, I don't care. Matter of fact, nobody cares. So just relax. <laughs> uh, Ken himself has been the best about it, by the way. Uh, I will say, yeah, I, I haven't seen as much from him. I do actually like, I agree with you. I like the show in the sense of if I'm watching it from the eyes of someone who watches Pawn Stars or so, which is, Agreed. It, it works because I think it's made by the same team that made Pawn Stars. But yeah, I and the fact that it made it into the top 10 in the US for TV series, and ultimately, no matter what you say about it, I think it's good for the hobby. And I think that Correct. is a good thing about the show. So I am very, yeah. I need someone to respond to this oh too. My this Jordan Walker thing. He was born in New York. So it's doing places is it, is of birth. It, or is this just a misprint and this is the wrong? I, I don't know, but I cannot oh. find, and maybe he did play for a minor league affiliate. I cannot find any minor league affiliates for the Cardinals in New York. Okay. I see Memphis. Man, Chris Verna would know this, but he's working. Dang well, it. You know what? Call Chris. Let's go ahead and put that as a teaser for the next episode because that's the end of our show. But on Monday, we do have um, Rob from Burbank Cards. He's going to be coming. Uh, We had to reschedule him from Monday, but he's graciously moved himself over. So we'll have that going on. We'll have whatever else happens over the weekend. Hopefully, hopefully less drama and we can just talk about cards. I would love to get some updates on like card values for NBA guys. We'll definitely do NBA. The whole Warriors-Lakers series is kind of enthralling. I, I, I cannot stop. That is one series that I don't know what it is, but there is something so engaging about watching Curry versus LeBron. It's very, very fun. I look forward I to that. I do actually like that. Yep. And then, by the way, uh, I love, absolutely love what Denver's doing. Jamal Murray oh, in the yeah. playoffs. And I want, I hope Jimmy Butler's healthy. But we'll, ha- we'll know a lot more on Monday. I also have to give one shout out to Courtyard.io uh, because at the Mint, I went over there and got that Richard Karn card uh, digitized. Because Al they do like... Borland. They turn your card into an NFT and then you can go on their site and trade it back and forth with other people. Sure. When you did that, you got entered to just get a pack because they also will make packs of physical cards but in a digital format so you can see what you got. I just opened my pack and I got a 2003 Topps jersey edition of LeBron James. It's a BGS nine. I am very excited about this, and it's uh, now got me rooting for the Lakers. So there you go. Thank you, Courtyard. Boom, roasted. All right, we'll be back on Monday. Two shows next week. We'll make up for it. This was a long show anyway. We will. So. Ma- we always do two shows though. We'll make up for the laps this week. We only did one this week, so we don't always do two. It's not really making it up. If we were making it up, today we would I'm saying three. made up for it. Oh, T- today. The length of today's show made up for sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. I thought we buried the hatchet. Do you want to dig <laughs> some crap up again? Because I'll start yelling. Uh, sports oh. cards nonsense. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> You'll never know the pain of being interrupted. You just it's not something you could ever understand. Oh, my God. Sports cards nonsense brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, powered by Spotify. We'll see you on Monday and a goodbye. Bye.